Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Jayhawk Pod. I think it was episode 20? Episode 21, maybe? I'm not entirely sure, but sorry that we've been gone for over a week. Um, I'll give you a little re- reason as to why. I've been sick. This is Brennan, by the way. I've been sick for the last week or two. And I just went to the doctor yesterday and found out that I have the good old mono. So I've been kind of bed sick, not really doing a whole lot for the past week, but I still wanted to get this podcast up because we recorded this on Tuesday with Emmy Award winning producer for the Milwaukee Bucks, Jose Castillo. Castillo. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, Jose. I'm really sorry. But Jose came on and talked about his role with the Bucks, his personal work, some of his favorite projects he's worked on, how he won his Emmy, the ring he might get, well, the, the, the ring that he is getting for um, being on the Milwaukee Bucks last season. So it was a great interview, awesome guy, answered all of our questions. And this was like our first official guest that wasn't like one of our friends. So it's a little different. It's not as casual. We try to make it as casual as possible. But, you know, this is the first for me and Connor. So we're just giving it a go, see what's going to happen. And um, we think it turned out really well. It's about an hour. And, you know, I I really think you've listened to the the totality of it, you really understand what Jose is coming from, what he's like, how he thinks, and he's a really interesting person, really impressive. Like Connor and I at the end just talked about how impressed we were with him and like how how far he's gotten in his career considering his his story. So it it, it was it was an awesome interview. Loved having him on and we're gonna try to get more guests like this on soon. So with that being said, enjoyed this episode of the J Hook Pod, episode twenty or twenty one. Still still don't know yet. And enjoy our interview with Jose Castillo. We'll see you all next week on Monday. Thank you all for for listening and enjoy. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, so just I'll do a little um, introduction, I guess. So well, welcome back to the J-Hook Pod, everybody. Uh, today we have like our first official guest that is not one of our f- friends, someone that we just, I well, me, technically, I just looked him up and d- DM'd him on Instagram. <laughs> um, we got him on the pod. So um, we have, what is it, Jose Castillo? Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's Jose Castillo. Yeah. Jose Castillo. Yep. And we got him. He is the video producer for the Milwaukee Bucks. Ho- Jose, glad to have you on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Super, super happy to be on. No problem. No problem. Well, Connor, do you want to hop into the question you had for him? Um, yeah. So I guess let's just start with some background. Um, so I, I did. I tried to do a little research on you. I, so I just hopped on LinkedIn, <laughs> checked some stuff out. Um, I saw you're from Milwaukee. Yes. Born and raised. Born and raised in Milwaukee. So have you like, have you always thought yourself getting a job in Milwaukee? Have you always wanted to stay here? Actually, no. So um, for college, I went to UW Parkside and that was originally like a 3D animation major. So back then the plan was like Pixar and go out to California once um, I graduated. Um, but I was actually lucky to, to find a job at a local studio in Waukesha. So that kept me home. That kept me here. And um yeah, here I am still. Nice. Where was what was the job in Waukesha? Yeah, it was a small um, little production studio, just doing like technical animations in the like agricultural industry. So we had clients like John Deere and Kubota. Oh, gotcha. But that's actually where I started delving into video production, and mm-hmm. um, 
from that, I was like, I really like this. So I decided to go freelance. I did that for two years and I saw opening for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, job posting for a video producer. And I was like, what the heck, why not? So I mm-hmm. applied for it and I was like, I'm not going to hear back. But a couple months later and a couple interviews in, um, I was lucky enough to get the position and, and here I am. Wow. Well, because I was I was going to ask, because if it was th- 3D, especially your education was 3D animation. So you're saying that you came to video pr- um, producing and c- c- creating videos after college. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. It was um, oh. it started at work, but then I started dabbling and doing that on my own and really just learning from like YouTube tutorials and mm-hmm. Just shooting like independent projects with, yep. with friends and, and things like that. And then I really started to get serious about it once I did it freelance and started actively trying to get clients and um, just shot a wide variety of different things from marketing content, mm-hmm. social media content, um, even music festivals. And yep. that stuff was really fun. Met a lot of dope people. And yep. um, yeah, I've seen I've seen you got a couple of videos with uh, is it it's DJ Shauna, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw her a couple times at the Deer District. That's super cool. Sick. So you started. So you started. What's it called? One Orbit. Yes. And you you did started that before your job at the Bucks, right? Yes, that's my independent uh, production studio, and that's um you know basically how I get freelance work, mm-hmm. and um you know I upload and do independent projects. Um, mm-hmm. I'll do like tech reviews and stuff, and upload that to to YouTube. Nice. Oh, sure, sure. Well, like, I can totally relate to your, I mean, Connor and I have been making, well, exp- like, we've been making content and videos since we were, like, little kids. Um, we're from, uh, o- do, do, do you know where Eau Claire is? I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Yeah, we, we're, like, an hour north of there. So, we're from Wisconsin, but, like, a super tiny town. So, we kept our, um, you know, the only way to, like, really keep ourselves busy was to, like, be outside and ma- make up things to do. So, we shot videos all the time, and it's the same sort of thing as, like, teaching yourself through tutorials and things like that so i totally relate in that aspect i I think that's super cool like um i was gonna ask what's the because i did that too where there's a lot of for for freelancing work and things like that when i got out of school i graduated in 2020 so when i got out of uw stout i was just doing a lot of freelance work what was like the strangest project you had to shoot or just something that was like this is kind of weird but i'm trying to just get a paycheck here because i had a couple that was just like okay i don't really know what this is about just i want to get it done yeah um there's one that jumps out right away to mind so it was a photography job for a couple i believe they were celebrating their like 15th or 20th wedding anniversary and they wanted to do a boudoir photography shoot and um, the husband actually um, trained in jujitsu, so they wanted to incorporate like his gi in different like jujitsu type um, like oh, positions and, and stuff like that and on the shoot. It was at first it was, I was a little tentative. It, it sounded weird, but um, once we got into it, you know, it, it was lighthearted. They mm-hmm. had a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I got to talk to them and get to know them a little bit, and it was a lot of fun. Got some nice action shots. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. That's cool, cool, cool. I was going to ask, um, too, so you said you went to UW Parkside, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's that's close to, to the Milwaukee area, right? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes out. Okay. So, yeah, so... You, yeah, so you've stayed in the area, um, and you were saying, did, did you ever, like, make the move out west or anything like that, or did you always stay central in Mil- Milwaukee? 
No, I mean, I pretty much stayed here. I was very close to going out to California. So before I landed the job in Waukesha, I applied and got accepted into a graduate program out in San Francisco. Oh. And um, I was pretty much almost signed. Everything was just ready to ship out when the, once graduation hit. But right around when I got my acceptance letter at, um, at that university, um, I got the interview for, for the position at Waukesha and you know, it was like a week of like soul searching. Like, what do I do? Do I yeah. go out there? Do I do I stay here with family? And um, and then I also had a, a professor at that time who you know kind of guided me, and he said, you know, it's a big financial commitment. You know, I'm in big financial debt. Um, you know, and just take that into account. So, kind of talked it over with family and friends, and you know, just decided to stay stay here, stay local. Awesome. And it worked out too. It's looking like. Mm-hmm. For sure, oh, yeah, for, for sure, sure, for sure. <laughs> I was taking a look at some of the videos you made because after once Brennan told me, he was like, yeah, man, I got the Bucks producer. I'm like, what? And so I was taking a look and that whole, like that 20-minute bit on when the Bucks went to race scene, um, you won an Emmy on that. I'm right? Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a big production, a lot of people involved. You know, I can't just solely take credit for it, but right, know, right. I was I – was, I was lucky. Yeah, that's how did that feel to like what would is there like a category? Was that like in a specific category? Yeah, it was I believe like sports uh f- feature segment. Okay. I think it was like over 10 minutes, but um yeah, I would say that's probably aside from winning the championship probably like the the highlight of my career thus far with the Bucks. The video it, it entailed a bunch of uh the players um and like the inmates telling their stories pretty much. So how, like, what did you take away from that? Basically to just live in the moment. I mean, you know, a lot of these, the residents of uh, the Racine Correctional Institution, you know, had different backgrounds, had different stories. Um, Some of it, you know, obviously was heartbreaking, but a lot of them, you know, in that time that they spent, you know, in, in prison, they were just reflecting on, you know, what they had done, what they could have done differently. You know, a lot of people miss their families and miss birthdays, holidays, things like that. So that's really what I I took from it, you know, to at the end of the day, we're all human beings, you know, and, um, you know, really family is all that matters. And, you know, you know, to just be the best version of yourself and, you know, just be there for family. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask too, because you were saying, you know, it was a big it was a big production that helped pull all that together. Um, you know, the role of the producer, I guess. So, what is what is your role in that video? I mean, w- did you come up with the idea? Did you have to just plan out everything? Like, well, can you kind of walk us through, through that process? Yeah. So my role was very tiny. So <laughs> okay. um, it all started with our community relations department. So shout out to Arvin, shout out to Quinn, shout out to Jack Snow, who was. You know, helped orchestrate that whole, um, you know, that whole event. Um, So they collaborated with um, uh, Play for Justice and Represent Justice, which were trying to bring attention to, um, you know, criminal justice reform. And um, Scott, I I might say his last name wrong, so sorry, but um, Scott Buznick, he's actually the producer for the whole Hangover series. Oh, really? Wow. He was the producer for the Just uh, Mercy um, oh, yep. film, yep, which was Michael B. Jordan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
And he basically was doing a lot of work in criminal justice reform. So he was pretty much like the piece that was just brought everyone together. And our community relations department just, you know, collaborated with, you know, RCI and all the organizations I just mentioned. And um, basically they had already everything set in motion. And by the time it got to me, it was just a meeting of, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're only allowed one, you know, video producer in, and we have a very limited um, number of equipment that we can, you know, bring into the shoot. You know, what do you recommend? What do you think we can pull out of this? Um, so I made a list of equipment that we can bring in, which was basically just a camera and, and microphones, like no yep. lighting, mm-hmm. bare bones. So going in with that expectation, I kind of told them, you know, let's just try more of a fly on the wall perspective, really mm-hmm. trying to put the the viewer you know, in that situation, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, but, um, you know, we can really go and I think we can pull off this documentary style uh, piece. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, We sent the list in, everything got approved. Uh, We had to send in, you know, our information, you know, everything had to get pre-approved and and things like that. And only thing I remember was as soon as we had hit the bus, I, I just started filming. So the mm-hmm. entire ride there and really my favorite shot from the entire piece was um, catching the home bridge, kind of panning by yeah. from the, yeah. the bus window. And that's when I started getting like the butterflies in my stomach. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to get some, some really powerful images here. And, mm-hmm. and the oh, rest yeah. was just a blur. I mean, yeah. Well, cause I was, well, I was going to ask because you went with a, you know the perspective of a fly on the wall and as, like i've been in those types of ones i i've, I've never filmed in like um a you know a, a jail or a prison or anything like that but uh, you know there's an important conversation that's happening and you know the goal of the shoot is to not particularly be a part of the conversation just like trying to find find the find the right spot to be just so like they, they don't really feel that you're there sort of thing um you know what's what's your strategy when you go into like those types of um shoots like that where you're just like i want to like use a long lens to get in there or like how did you really play that so the whole conversation sort of the way that played out was i got a heads up that espn had sent a whole crew there Mm. and they had multiple camera guys and so going in i knew okay they're gonna do this really you know obviously dope production i'm gonna do my best to try to stay out of their way Mm -hmm. um but in doing that, I got some, you know, really amazing cinematography. So I basically was kind of crouched behind everybody in the conversation. So they were all just seated in a circle and ESPN was on the inside of the circle, just getting straight on shots. I was on the outside shooting in. So I got these really cool, like profile shots of guys, you know, kind of turning away and talking to each other. And occasionally they would turn to the camera or if somebody, you know, had an emotional moment and they were you know maybe just had a needed to take a break um that's when i kind of really zoomed in and try to get those mm-hmm. those intimate moments but um yeah like like you were saying you know i was just pretty pretty much just trying to stay out of the way i zoomed in and um really just got some really cool really great reactions and yeah awesome moments yeah no it was awesome to watch i I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, my favorite shot. I don't know much about cameras or nothing, but I liked I liked the angles when like the the prisoners or the uh, the players were telling their stories. It was kind of like behind them, but like at, also at an angle, like you got the side of their face. 
for some reason for some reason i just really enjoyed that kind of just i don't know i just liked it a lot <laughs> well i was i was gonna ask too because you know kind of we're, we're on the subject of production and putting things together um and you said kind of like you were just kind of tossed into this is like hey this is what's happening um and this is like all the stuff you can really bring it's like okay you know what on on, say like a normal video just like a stuff that you guys usually do you know what's the what's the process of those of of that of that type of content um we we produce so much content yeah it really varies um there's some content where maybe it's just more highlight driven and Mm -hmm. it, it can be as simple as just find adult music track yeah. right on the timeline and then you just cut highlights yep. to, to hit the beat mm-hmm. and that can work perfectly for that um, fans really like it really engage with it um, a lot of the longer form content that you'll see um, really follows just that same template again flying the wall we're just trying to put basically the viewer in, in spots where they typically wouldn't have access to um, obviously um, the name being restricted area for, for yep. the series so um, but you know, it, it really just comes down to, I guess, the story that we're trying to tell. Um, you know, we have a great team. I can't really take credit for the restricted area and what it's become. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a second producer, uh, Ujesh Patel. Uh, we have two video production coordinators, uh, Rob Heimbruch, uh, Mark Couch, who have really jumped on that series. And I've kind of just kind of watched from the outside in and just seen this amazing thing grow. And I'll just kind of help out where, where I'm needed. Yeah, and, you know that's really really what I've enjoyed about I guess my my producer role, um, just seeing everybody grow and come into their own, and things like that. But first and foremost, um, you know, story is just key. You know, mm-hmm. um, each game has its own story. Um, our pra- players are so charismatic. You know, they have s- so many awesome moments together, and you can just tell from the team chemistry, from the behind the scenes stuff, that there's just a lot of raw material there and just great stories to tell yeah i bet i mean like you mentioned when they were um like with the team chemistry and behind the scenes so are you a is there like a whole different vibe with the players like when you're recording them when they're like going through like a, a win streak versus like a losing streak are the players do they treat you guys any different or anything like that no i mean our guys are, are even killed just super professional i mean whether it's a win or a loss you know it's just the same energy really and I okay. think that just speaks to the team chemistry again. You know, we mm-hmm. have, you know, like Milwaukee is a blue collar city. We got, mm-hmm. you know, blue collar players, you know, that just fit the personality of the city, you know, which is why fans love them so much. Um, but I mean, I mean, yeah, everybody's just super respectful. Um, always open to give a soundbite when we need it. Yeah. Um, but is there anybody trying to get a soundbite more than another? No, I don't think no. so. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask because about the, the restricted area. Um, I think it's pretty unique with, um, especially NBA teams because it, uh, it's, 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 it's essentially a vlog, pretty much, of like where they're going or what's happening on with the team it, d- during that time for a rain. Um, and I've looked at like other teams and stuff too, like NBA teams or even NFL teams, and it like really wasn't that popular like people doing that and now like there's more and more teams that are kind of doing that like not so much like what you guys are doing where it's like 13 14 minutes of just one video but like little pieces here and there i mean what what was like the idea behind it was just to give you like an intimate look into the team or what was the idea behind that it so the restricted area first originally started off as 
sort of an experiment, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. started off as the as the mid mid range. And um, Nick Monroe, he's our director of content. He pretty much brought that idea um, basically to the video team um, a little after I, when I first started. And um, he just had this idea for what, what you just had mentioned, you know, something more vlog style, more um, just raw in the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, two things he wanted to do, which was chase the YouTube algorithm. So longer yep. form content, but then again, also tell the stories of, of our team. And, um, you know, we did a couple of things that we experimented with, with the mid range. Um, uh, the biggest one that really went viral was um, Giannis's all access piece when he won his first MVP. Yeah. So I followed him, you know, around that entire day, basically, you know, once he got to the arena and, you know, he was just signing autographs and, you know, he was showing the trophy to everybody. And, um, you know, so that really is what laid the groundwork for the restricted area. The restricted area now is just, I guess, the perfected version mm-hmm. um, of that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, because it's one of, because I, I, I remember when we won the, uh, when we won the championship, uh, I think it was, um, there was like a big recap video. I think it was like an hour long. What did you get? Is that is that right? Because I remember watching that entire thing, and I I loved that. That was just awesome to see. I watched the entire thing at work. Sorry, work, but I did. <laughs> I had to. I was super excited for it. So no, that that's awesome. That, that's awesome. Oh, definitely. Um, you personally, that you um are making content um on the side as well. Do you still I mean what's what's the balance between doing stuff what what is it for one orbit? Yes. Is that correct? What's that balance look like doing that type of work and doing your um work for the box? It's it's really rough, man. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> I think up until recently I think um you know guys at work and people at work were knew that I was doing, um, you know, my own YouTube content and and things like that, telling my own stories. But I mean, to produce just the little that I have on my, you know, one orbit YouTube page, it's, I mean, no seep basically. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just up till like 3am in the morning editing content. And then, um, you know, you got to go into work the next day at nine and, you know, you got to do it all over again, just for the bucks this time. But, um, I think it's, it's really helped me a lot. You know, it's um, just helped keep me sharp and, you know, just really helped my, my storytelling. Um, I think really for me, just being a storyteller is, is number one. It's that's what goes first mm-hmm. and really thinking of ways how I can like creatively challenge myself is something that I always strive to do. And I think YouTube and what that allows me to do is like, okay, how can I use myself, you know, as the character and tell a story or, mm-hmm. you know, I have a small following, but, you know, if they have questions about, you know, cameras and things like that, I like to make videos to, you know, to help them out. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, it's really just another creative avenue for me to, again, just, you know, flex those creative muscles and to, you know, s- stay sharp, stay engaged and um, really stay ahead. I mean, in this industry is super competitive. You got a lot of young hungry guys coming in and mm-hmm. uh, they light a fire under you all the time. And, um, but again, for me, storytelling is key. And I guess if that's something piece of advice I could give to, to young people out there is, you know, technology and everything's always going to change, you know, the platforms are always going to change, but 
storytelling is storytelling. And mm-hmm. if just long as you have a strong foundation on that, um, you'll be set moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, I make YouTube videos too. I don't know if you looked me up at all, but like I do that stuff too all the time. Like I, I love making videos too. I, I, I really got back into it during college. Um, you know, going back to like story, um, one of my biggest um, inspirations, I guess, in making the content that I make is uh, Casey Neistat. Um, he always says story is king, and that's like what I really sub- subscribe to. So I believe you there. And when it comes to the style of videos that you like to make, so you're talking like sometimes you make tech videos or you make uh, videos about you specifically or the videos that you make for the box. I mean, what's what's your personal favorite ones to make? What do you really enjoy? Yeah, so personal videos. So I would say um, they're like a hybrid between like vlogs and I guess documentary style or documentary-esque. Um, you know, I love documentary and, you know, I love filming that style and just telling real raw, authentic stories. So um, what I've been doing recently, and I really had to kind of reflect on this was, okay, I have one orbit that has a small following and it seems to be more camera tech based, you know, people wanting those types of educational videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do vlogs. I want to do some more personal content. So I think, um, you know, I've always had like a personal YouTube page. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll just use that for more of the vlog channel. And things like that. So um, this past Thanksgiving, and I actually filmed a, a small vlog of, you know, just our, our family get together and things like that. So I'm currently editing that and going to be releasing that soon. But I think that's going to be the, the reflection of my style and really where my heart and my passion's at right now. Awesome. What kind of gear do you use? Uh, What's the varies. setup? Yeah. Um, so I have a Sony a7S III. Yeah. Nice. Picked up. Shoot, um, yeah, it's a nice finally one. Finally made the made the jump to full frame. Yep, um, mm-hmm. been loving it. Um, but I also have a GH5, and okay. um, you know, you know, I'm a Panasonic guy first, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loyal, but um, <laughs> yeah, those are the two cameras yeah. I'm wielding. Yeah, I started I started with uh, a Canon, but then I switched to Sony just for the 4K. Um, and I've just been going with that. I have a Sony A6500. It's a little mirrorless one that I really like. It does does it does what I need it to, to do. Do you fly uh, drones or anything like that? Yes. Um, um, not so much anymore just with, you know, the FAA laws and, and yeah. things like that. But, yeah, I like flying any chance I get. Um, <laughs> you know, I've used – I put the drone up a couple times for, you know, certain projects for, for the Bucks yeah. and things like that. But, um, yeah. Any chance I get, um, you know, I like to get my hands on drones <laughs> yeah. and that new, uh, what is it, the Mavic 3? Yeah. No. Well, Dan's got a bunch of stuff coming out. Like at my work, we have uh, the Mavic P- Platinum, I think is what it's called, something like that. And then I have a little like, uh, it's a, I have the DJI Spark still. But it, it, I mean, it works for what I need it for. Like, I don't really use it for anything else. So I've used it a couple times for like wet weddings, but honestly, they don't really care about the 4K. So I'm just like, okay sure i just give it to them that that way so yeah it doesn't no, really matter right <laughs> anything that gets the job done exactly no I'm, I'm not too picky with it no like it's it's just a tool at the end of the day exactly um, yeah so i was also gonna ask i feel like i've been kind of commandeering connor is there anything that you wanted to ask before i ask my next question i have a random question actually it doesn't even <laughs> pertain to what you guys were discussing earlier <laughs> um did you go to the bubble no, no. i did not so Nick Monroe, our director of content, he was in the whole COVID protocol testing and he, he's the one who held it down there. Did he ever tell you about like 
how it how like that experience was for him or like how intense it was or something or anything i don't think he really said how much it weighed on him um but you hear players who who said you know they would never do it again right yeah i think it players sounds awful we're, we're saying that but yeah i can imagine it it takes a toll on you mentally and um just with everything going on in the world you know obviously from that not being able to see your family and but you know but nick's a trooper i mean he's been traveling with the team for and i want to say like 10 years now i'm um, just following the players so um yeah hmm. well that was my question bro <laughs> i mean the, the, the next question kind of relates and i i know we're kind of jumping all over the place but um and oh because i i saw on your instagram there's a picture there was a picture of what was it you and jason terry one time when he was on the box a couple of year, years ago uh with the jet so i, I was kind of curious i was like so um, how do you do you travel to a lot of uh, the off um, the out of state games and things like that, or are are you pretty central in Milwaukee? Or how what what does that look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty central in Milwaukee um, now. Um, that photo that you saw with uh, Jason Terry um, was my rookie year, and uh, I got to travel with the team. Our, our video team was super small at that at that point. It was just myself and I want to say like an intern and, and one other person. Dude, um, wow. But, um, yeah, that experience was was awesome, um, just getting to be around the players. And, you know, that whole first-round series, we went to Boston and mm -hmm. just seeing the TD Garden was, you know, just inspiring. And obviously the outcome wasn't what we expected, but I think yeah. you, you could kind of get the sense for what the foundation was and mm -hmm. everything that the coaching staff and the players were, were trying to lay. Um, and then from there, um, you know, the team sort of – Grew, and um, I stayed back in Milwaukee. Um, you know, we were trying to produce more volume, more content, and um, I was just needed more back in the office. So, like, what kind of tickets did they hook you up with in those games? Though, were they like good tickets at least, or like good spots for you to be? Because are, are are you filming the entire game? Yes, yeah. So you'll be there. You know, on courtside, you'll be there on the floor, just sitting down shooting. Sick. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to ask because, like, whenever you guys would post, like, those – you even do it done it last year and th this year. is like those recaps of games. And, like, me, I think when I see videos now, I think about, like, the amount of footage that is shot. Like, how do you shoot the entire game? Do, do, you, do you literally shoot everything and, sc like, scrub through and pick what to use? Or, like, how, how does that work? Because that's just so much content to be dumped in and just having to edit through. Yeah, that's something. And again, that I can't solely take credit for. It's something that really as a team collaboratively, um, we've sort of perfected. So my first rookie year, for example, I literally shot any and, and everything, you know. I was just rolling for, you know, just trying to get all those moments, not only game action, but in between, you know, the whistles and, you know, bench reactions and, and things like that. Um, right now we're more strategic about it. So really our guys have really developed a, a really great, sort of strategy for for filming that content so for example you know when you're filming a plane you get something really great um you know ujess patel and, and rob and those guys really came up with the strategy okay if you get a great play film the scoreboard for a split second afterwards and um that way we know when we're editing you know the clips ah, you know the score the play right smart. before that is um you know the one that you want to get 
Um, mm-hmm. We also have a, a logging style for, you know, just labeling clips and, and things like that to, to really make it easier for the editor. Um, so I would say we're just a lot more strategic about it. I'm sure mm-hmm. every team has their own, you know, process and, and things like that. But um, for my career with the Bucks, it, it's been really great to, I guess, evolve and, you know, really help, you know, develop those processes and, um, you know, to where we are, where we are now. So how much bigger is your team now than it was your first year? Oh, yeah, we're probably double the size. So right now I'd say we're we're four full-time people strong. So it's myself, uh, the second producer, and then two video production coordinators. Uh, we also have a video intern. Uh, shout out to Billy Klingsporn. And um, we have two new guys who are joining um, joining our team as video interns for um, for this second half of the season going into the playoffs. That's sick. Four, so seven total. It still seems like so everyone's plates are still really full. I'm guessing, like you guys are never, never like have downtime. No, <laughs> not in this business. Not in this industry. Yeah, I was about to because I don't know if if I felt I felt like it would have been a little more. So yeah, you guys are definitely getting your money's worth putting in work. Um, you know with. I mean, it's all dependent on the project, obviously, too. But um, I know for myself, so I work for a college down here in Tennessee, and I make all of their content, all the video and photo content for them. And it's just me. It's just a one-man team. And, like, there's times where it's, like, really tough because I don't have anyone to bounce ideas off with at all. Um, so it, it, for you, is it preferable to have that big team? And, like, what are the advantages you think having a big team is or, or are? No, definitely. Like, I feel you – coming from the freelance background, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a one man band and you're really figuring things out on your own. That's where I really, you know, leaned on Instagram form and, and, and colleagues just trying to get their opinion and sending videos to them just to get honest feedback. So I would say the biggest advantage about, you know, being a bigger team is having that feedback where you can literally just turn around and say, Hey, can I get your eyeball on this? Or just bounce an idea off someone. Hey, do you, you know, do you think this would be cool? Or how, what do you think about trying this? Um, so that collaborative nature again is, um, it's, it's major and, you know, it just keeps the creative, you know, juices flowing and, and things like that. So yeah, I feel for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Being on your own. Well, yeah. And just like that, because they'll say, go to these events, shoot a bunch. It's like, well, if I shoot a bunch, that's a lot for me to go through. And like, there's just not that understanding of what they're really asking for sometimes. So yeah, I, I always prefer to work in a team cause it's just a bit easier, but I, I was going to ask um, if Connor did, did you have another question or can I roll into this next one? Well, I, I was just going to say okay. um, that freelance work and burning what you do. I mean, that definitely has its advantages though in the long run, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it definitely, I mean, teaches you guys more skills that you have to do all yourself compared to like splitting it amongst other people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's another way to look at it too. I mean, yeah, that is a, that's probably the preferable way to look at it. I just, I, I guess tend to focus on the negative of it, I guess. <laughs> But I was going to ask, too, is, um, you know, what's the typical turnaround time on one of the pieces of content that you guys usually make? I mean, I I know it's dependent on the project, but is it really just like you shoot it and it's up the the next day sort of thing? Pretty much. I think if it's uh, the restricted area is something that we just take more time on. So that might get done in, you know, probably one or two days. Mm -hmm. Um. But if it's a, you know, highlight piece that we got to put out um, the day of, you know, it's just a matter of hours that you have to get it done and really send it out to post um, in the afternoon. 
Um, we have other content too that we produce for um, you know, sponsors and our community department. Um, depending on the project, depending on you know the production uh, for those videos, uh, we might have a little bit more uh, time to really produce those and flesh those out. Um, but I, I would say for myself, um, there's some projects that I'll take the Racine Correctional Institution video um, as an example. Projects like those are, you know, you tend to take a little bit, you know, longer on because you really want to perfect them. So that might take uh, a couple of days to, to really polish and, you know, send out for review and get everybody's feedback on. Um, a piece that I recently produced was the, the making of our championship ring. Um, okay. That was a really fun piece. Um, I believe we posted it on Facebook only. Mm -hmm. um, but that was something that we, you know, we had to write a script for. Uh, we got Jim Paskey to record the voiceover on, yeah. so we were lucky to get him. Yeah. And um, there was just a lot of footage that we had already shot, but some stuff that I wanted to to shoot again or or shoot, for example, the rings. We, you know, we only got them for a small window, and mm -hmm. we filmed that, and, you know, stuff really turned out great. Did you get a ring? Um, not yet. Um, oh, so it's in, so it's so you are gonna get one. So you are gonna get one. Yeah, I would say stay tuned. <laughs> That's sick. Because those rings are sick. Those are awesome. Then they have like little. Then they have the QR code on them, right? Or like you take the top off. Yeah, the, 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 the player ones. Um, yeah, they were designed by uh, Jason of Beverly Hills. Um, it was the, and I asked them specifically: Is this the first ring that you can, you know, just take the top off, wear as a pendant, and and things like that? And he said, Yeah. And, um yeah they did a awesome job yeah they were, that sick. was amazing they're so they're sick <laughs> it's funny i was looking at the bucks pro shop and i'm just looking at the prices of them and i was like good lord <laughs> <laughs> and those are just replicas or i don't even know oh yeah definitely that that whole jewelry line is it's it's amazing and um you know it's 50 years since the our last mm -hmm. one so yeah I mean, it's gonna be worth it to a lot of people for sure for sure well, so have you been a Bucks fan your entire? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I'll admit, you know, I was a Jordan fan too. I got to mm -hmm. see him a little bit when, when I was growing up. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we we had some tough years um, for the Bucks, but mm -hmm. you know, being from the city, being from Milwaukee, um, you know, they're our team, and um, yeah, just seeing their evolution, seeing their growth, and not just the players, but the organization as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, we were super lucky to get the ownership group that we have and just what they've done, you know, with the team and the city. I mean, Milwaukee is just changing so fast. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy what a sports organization can do just for a whole city. It's nuts. I remember ever since because me and Bernard have been uh, I probably the one year I like actually started watching was probably that 2013 season. And that was not the season to start watching. <laughs> we won like 15 games. That was awful. Yeah. But it was cool even seeing, and this even comes with like the producing part of it, seeing how like we get Giannis, then we get Jabari. And then when it comes to producing, we see like, what was the slogan again? Wasn't it uh, build the future, built to stay. And then I think they played, played it off another one too, something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's super cool now because it was – they were literally just talking about the whole future and setting it all up for this right here, and it was sweet. I finally paid off, finally paid off. Well, out of all the out of all the videos that you've made for the Bucks, do you have a favorite? 
So there, there's two, and they kind of worked in tandem. So when Giannis won his first MVP, um, I produced a video pretty much just highlighting his entire career up until that point, basically how he got the that trophy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, did some research, and, you know, I found, um, I think it was a video of him back when he was in high school. He was in the gym, and they asked him the question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to be an NBA player. So just starting with that video and just kind of showcasing his whole career um, probably was one of my favorite videos. And, you know, obviously seeing everybody engage with it went viral too. Um, But with that, we were going to produce a, it was like a congratulatory video. So a lot of people that were close to, to Giannis and wanted to congratulate him personally submitted, you know, just cell phone recordings of themselves and you know I put that together and we played it at the MVP ceremony and they showed it to Giannis live and um, he actually started tearing up and you know sheds a little tear and that's um, there's only been a couple moments where I've gotten emotional behind the camera and that was one of them. Wow like obviously you spend a lot of times around these players and how long have you been with the Bucks? So in February is going to be four years. So four. So you've been there for a, a good amount of time. Um, in in the time that you've been there, and um, all the players that you've shot with and you've been around, you know, has 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 there been one that like, I guess like understood what you were doing? Because I I feel like some players and even sometimes just people in general is like you point a camera on them and they're like, well, what are you doing? Or it's like they're just like kind of cautious or they don't really know what's going on. So is there anyone that's been like most comfortable or just been like super cool with it and super casual about it? I mean, or or like a favorite of yours? I wouldn't say necessarily a favorite. I mean, all the players are great, but there was Mm -hmm. a player who, and this is from what I've heard and also what I experienced that he would actively ask questions about like the making of video and like, what do you do and how do you do this? And, how do you edit the video and stuff like that? But it, Brandon Jennings. Oh, um, so we love Brandon Jennings. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Bucks and six. Mr. Bucks yeah. and six. Yes. Um, when I first started, I would say, I think a couple months after um, we brought him back and we signed him, mm-hmm. and we signed him to, to the herd, to our G league team. And um, I shot a sit down interview with him and Jim Paschke. And he was just super excited about, you know, just being back and, you know, just being a part of the organization again. But, you know, he, he just lit up the room and his smile and, you know, just his love for the game. And, and like I said, he'll ask you questions about, um, you know, what you're going to do to edit the video, you know, and what's the process and, and things like that. So he was super enthusiastic. And, you know, that, that's really what stands out in, in my mind. Yeah, because that's always the best when somebody like actually shows like a genuine curiosity in what what you do. I mean, I've always found that too when people ask like, well, "How do you do it?" Blah 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 blah. So no, that's super cool. I was I was gonna ask another question, Connor, if you wanted to hop oh, in. Oh, you man, go ahead. All right, and Jose, how much time do you got for us? Are are, are we good to keep asking? Yeah, you guys are good. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I was gonna ask um, too. Um, you know, this isn't so much about uh, the box. It's more about like. Um, you in general, but it, it's it, mainly 
you know, what's the, what's the end goal that you really see yourself in the creative space? I mean, ideally, um, what would you like to end up doing? Is it just staying in your current position or maybe leveling up or going doing your own thing? I mean, when you think towards the future, what do you really see? That's tough. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm um, kind of going back to the, to that RCI visit, you know, and just being in the moment. I think right now what I'm just focused on is just being in the moment. And, you know, obviously we're lucky enough to have won the championship and, I'm just trying to enjoy every moment, you know, while I can and just enjoy being a champion this season, you know, before we, we hit the playoffs. But basically I just want to keep telling stories and keep being creative. Um, you know, I'm going to keep producing, you know, my own content on the side, you know, I have a lot of projects that are, that are backlogged that I, that I need to finish. So mm-hmm. um, that's really what I see, I guess, myself doing in the future is, Growing more as a storyteller, um, I guess a dream of mine would be to be, um, you know, Brendan, you mentioned a, a Casey Neistat. And yeah. Not mm-hmm. so much, you know, the views and things like that, but just the impact he had on a generation of storytellers. Um, you know, he really gave a lot of people confidence to, to get out there and just film those stories and, and, you know, get over their insecurities and, and he really just emphasized that you don't need to look a certain way to just mm-hmm. film yourself and tell your own story. Um, that's something that I want to, th- that I want to bring to, you know, a generation of, of storytellers and being from Milwaukee, you know, we're a small market and things like that. Um, I think a lot of people, when they think of YouTubers and they think of that lifestyle, they think more of like going out to the West coast and living that, sexy lifestyle vlogging and things on the beach um i really want to emphasize to to people out here or wherever they are that you know just embrace your city you can really you know just show your city tell your own story and it can be just as engaging as you know what anybody else is doing you know out there in you know those bigger markets and and things like that yeah i mean speaking about Casey and stuff too is like when I first started watching him I noticed that I guess the way there are like the reason I liked his content the most was just because like I felt like I could make that it's like because he wasn't like putting on an act he wasn't being anyone but himself and a lot of people these days will just not act themselves in front of a camera so it's hard to really understand who they are um I was gonna is there anyone else that you really looked up to is there a certain style you really liked um you know any inspirations that you have it's kind of a cliche question but I'm I'm curious yeah, I'm, I'm a little careful when it comes to, to inspiration and, and, and things like that because um, I try to not watch too many YouTubers and, and vloggers and things like that just because I'm conscious of like, okay, subconsciously, are they going to be influencing my style? Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I really want to develop my own style and, and go out there and you know just tell my own stories. Um, with that, I would say, I think a style that I've discovered that sort of like runs along with mine or, or vice versa. My style runs along with his is actually Casey Neistat's um, oldest brother. Van. Van. Yeah. yeah he's got awesome channel. stuff. Yes. You the really sp- just come. The spirited, the spirited man. man. The sp- yeah. The sp- yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, that style, I was like, whoa, this is a, it, it's different. Mm-hmm. And B it's him. It's, you know, unique to him and it works for him. You know, Van, he's not, it's not like Casey. He's not, no, you know, loud and, 
mm-hmm. you know, in your face and, and things like that. Um, so that his style just really takes me back to, um, you know, back when I was a, a kid, you know, and just messing around with video cameras and filming our family trips down to, to Mexico and things like that. Um, so, and I think you guys will see from, you know, my Thanksgiving vlog that I'm going to release, um, probably within the next week. Um, I would say it follows more of that spirited, you know, style. Mm -hmm. It has spirit, it has soul to it. It, It's a little sad, but, um, I think it's, um, I think it's worthwhile and worth watching. It sounds like it's authentic then. And authenticity is very, very important. It sounds like it's even important in the work that you guys do with the boxes as well as, you know, being authentic, showing the true selves, things like that. Um, Connor, were you going to ask a question? Because I had one final one. I, I wanted to go. Um, nope, I got nothing else. Just a random Bucks question. So ask yours first and then we'll talk a little more. All right. Well, I mean, mine's kind of like a finisher question. So why don't you ask it first, Connor? Well, I was just going to ask about uh, Boogie Cousins. So we just signed him. <laughs> Did you get any footage of him yet? Uh, no, not yet. Um, but, I mean, it's it's obviously great to have another big man on the mm-hmm. roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he was a beast in Sacramento. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he, he played with Drew in New Orleans. And I think that chemistry is still going to be, gonna be there, you know, pairing them up, up again. And, um, yeah, just excited yeah. about the, yeah. the team in general this year. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we signed him because I was like – we got Mamu. Mamu's actually, I really like him, but I think he's just a little young right now to be playing, like, in the league. Because I actually just watched him last night in the G League game. He played really well, but I just didn't think he had enough big, big enough body yet. Bobby Portis is playing well, and Brooke is out, so I just wasn't... The signing, it just makes me think how Brooke is doing. I'm just not sure. Well, hey, yeah, no, I was... I, that was an awesome move. I, I love the move, and I was... I guess kind of a buck a bucks question too. I I guess then, um, like, do you have a like a goat player of all time? Not even speaking from like filming perspective of like you as a fan that that you've loved to watch. So basketball, yeah, hmm. or anything. <laughs> well, I'll do the basketball first, and yeah. then um, I maybe could answer like who I wish I could have filmed. Yeah, um, all right. Um, I would say. My goal player. So I'm going to say probably two players. So one, I mean, Michael Jordan to me, just mm-hmm. the, the competitive nature. Um, to me, I think he's, you know, you know, just the greatest clutch guy scorer of all time. Um, but then I'm also going to go with um, Kareem no. just because, um, you know, he, you know, he did so much for the sport, obviously for the city of Milwaukee. Yep. Um and you know it was just a different time back then um but you know obviously Giannis is on his his path and his way so I think um you know everybody has aspirations for him Mm -hmm. um, with that as well but for an athlete that I wish I could have filmed I would say would be Muhammad Ali um, aside from basketball um, that's a good one I love boxing Um, yeah only filmed boxing a couple times but um yeah, that sport's unique. It's it's different. It's, you know, it's just two guys in the ring. Um, but when you have a player, or not a player, an athlete like Muhammad Ali, who was just a cultural icon, and, mm-hmm. you know, just what he stood for and what he represented, that's somebody that I would have just liked to have been a fly on the wall 
in whatever room he was just to to learn from him and you know you know just to capture i that is a great one that is a great one so you, you're 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 a fan of boxing though yeah big fan. do you watch uh do you watch tyson deontay yeah what do you think i i loved it that was the craziest heavyweight fight i've ever seen in my life that was crazy no yeah it was um obviously it wasn't out the outcome that um that wilder wanted but mm-hmm. you know tyson fury i mean he's on his a game right now he's a you know baddest man on the planet mm-hmm. he's super technical he's a he's a beast um i kind of feel for wilder just because yeah. um i think he kind of let fury get into his head a little bit uh too much um but you know that's the great thing about boxing is like there's always that puncher's chance and um, you know, one hit. Yeah, especially well, in the heavyweight division. I was going to say, especially with the Wilder. I mean, he's got the great eraser, hits you once, and it's done. Well, I I, I didn't feel horribly bad for him because he did he did far better than he did in that second fight. The second fight, he just got destroyed. So going into this third fight, I thought it was going to be like kind of the same thing. It was like, how better can you really get in like two years? But he showed a lot of heart, put him down twice in the fourth, like battled hard. So I, I it was a great fight, the craziest heavyweight fight I've ever seen. So I... I loved it. Um, um, you know, getting off of boxing, and I, I, I think this is going to be my final question, unless Connor, you have another one. But we're we're getting up close to an hour now. I, I just wanted to ask you, and you know, what, how how would you define success? It's a it's a cliche question, but I feel like everyone has a different answer for it. Um, you know, it could be success in your career, success in your life, or success in anything, or where you put it all together. How how do you define it? Man, that is a tough one. It's a great mm-hmm. question, though. Um, I think what you alluded to, Brendan, was I think success means something different for each person. Um, to some people, you know, it could be financial, you know, success and, and things like that. But for me personally, I would say success is when you're doing what you're passionate about and, you know, you're doing that every day. You're you're learning. You're growing. You're challenging yourself. To me, that's um, that's success. I think um, you know it's it's really easy to get comfortable, uh, just in general, like with mm-hmm. any industry, any you know anything that you're doing. But to me, what I've learned throughout my career is you know I'm happiest. You know I thrive the most when I'm challenged when I'm learning, and um, that's ultimately how you grow so i would say i would that's how i would define success awesome awesome i, I feel like it's not too far far too different from mine um connor do you have anything else to ask otherwise i was gonna nope all right so jose um anything you want to plug or anything you 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 want to say before we, we wrap this up no, i just want to say you know thank you guys so much um yeah, and if people care to, you know, watch my content, you guys can check out my One Orbit YouTube channel and uh, my personal YouTube channel that um, I plugged earlier. It's uh, jcastle007 on YouTube. And, um, yeah, I'll be releasing some more personal content on there. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Are, are you a big Bond fan? Is that what the 007's about? Actually, yeah, he's probably um, my favorite, like, um, movie character i don't think you can call him a superhero 
but um, I, I feel like you can. He does pretty. Yeah. He, he saved the world like five times, like a yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. times or so. So True. I think you can call him a superhero for sure. Uh, well, I, yeah. I figured that's what it was, but I thought I'd ask. But um, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, Jose. It was a pleasure to have you on, and maybe we'll have you on again sometime. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Uh, you too. Later. Later. Well, for our first interview, I think that went pretty well. Went pretty well. Jose was a cool guy. Answered all of our questions. Really, really interesting stuff that he had to talk about. What do you think of it, Connor? I thought it was pretty good. I really enjoyed his answer on inspirations. Mm-hmm. I loved how he was kind of like I kind of. He's like I tend to kind of look away from that. He's trying to find his own style, which mm-hmm. obviously is what I think some successful people like Casey Neistat do. You know, you don't even necessarily even try to like intentionally create your own style. You just do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully everything falls in place after that. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. No, I, I thought impressive he had, dude. Impressive dude. That's one thing. I, well, because I found it super interesting that like he's like pretty new into the, the video production world, and I was yeah pretty surprised he's about how far it. he's gotten, and he's just killing it. Like I was really impressed. Awesome guy to have on the pod. Awesome guy on the pod. Yeah, definitely. Just got to plug all this. One Orbit. That's his own. That's his own company. Mm-hmm. Look into that. Jay Castle 007. That's his YouTube. Yeah, and definitely I'll, check those out. All of it. Most linked. Bucks videos. I'm assuming he has a a part in it. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm assuming well, he's got some sort of say in it. So check out all that stuff. Well, even um, even even when he told us like the amount of people they have on, I was like, wow, that still seemed like you. you that still seemed small, right? Yeah, I know. That's what I thought too. I was like, I think I have like 20 people. I had like seven people making all that content. That's insane. Yeah, their their plates are full. Hardworking people. Can't. Yeah, I can't imagine he was talking about staying up 3 a.m. editing. <laughs> I've, I've done that it. It's not fun. S- that would suck. It's that would not, suck. It's not, I mean, depending on the project, sometimes it's fun, but the majority of the time you're just tired at one. I want to go to sleep. So, um, Connor, anything else or should we wrap this thing up? Um, I got nothing. Let's try to get him on when he gets that ring so we can see that. I, I, I do want to see the ring. Well, he was like, stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> He's like, stay tuned. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, that's super cool. He's got a ring. I saw on his uh, Instagram, he had a picture with the trophy too. So... Yeah, the man, the man's touched gold. I, I was, I forgot to ask him though when he was talking about Giannis had that MVP. I was like, did he? Did, and he was saying that can we let people hold it? I was like, did you hold it? Did he give it to you? to Hold it? That, that oh cool. shit, that yeah. would have been dope. Yeah, that would been a question. But hey, it's our first interview. We'll we'll get better. But I think for our first interview, it went it went it went pretty well. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did okay. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the J Hook Pod, and we will. Thanks see- to Jose. Thanks to Jose one more time. Yep. Thank you for coming on, my man. And I'm gonna send him a message right after this too. Thank you for coming on. So. Yep. Same um, here. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on, Jose, and uh, we'll catch y'all guys next week. Sound good? Appreciate y'all listening. All see right. Yep. Bye.